don't shit on me. All right, hello everyone. Welcome to Black and White TV. I'm Jamila Millette. And I'm Sean Cooper. All right, so we are here to talk about various topics that can be seen as black and white, and we are gonna lean into the gray, the pieces that are uncomfortable, awkward, sometimes beautiful. Maybe. And hopefully get to a place where we challenge ourselves as well as you. Yeah, so thanks for joining us. We're excited to dive into one of our favorite topics, Alexander Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah, you were going to say it all regular. Well, you know, I was going to let you do the same. <laughs> so have you read the book? I have not, and I will not. Come on. <laughs> I don't want to. It's only about 2,000 pages Yeah, long. I have time. I have time. Yeah. Well, no, he wants you to hold it, hold up the book. Well, you yeah. know, you don't have to read the book. Because, <laughs> but did you? Did you read it? You know, I read. Because uh, it looks see. like you hit one. It was like uh, it uh, looks like I read through. about half. Okay, we'll we'll count it. Yeah, so a thousand. Well, you know what's interesting <laughs> is, it's kind of like the play. Uh huh. I like the first half better too. Yeah. Oh. Like, are you allowed to say that? In our vehicles, when we're listening to Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Rarely do we go into the second half. Wow. Um, for one, it's just very depressing. Like mm. it, it just goes like down pretty fast. Mm. Um, but yeah, I love it. I think for content for your children, I think it's appropriate that you stay. In it probably <laughs> is. Yeah, good point. Maybe that's maybe that's the other reason. Because it gets world. How did you first hear about Hamilton? First, um, first way I heard about Hamilton was my first roommate's younger sister. I want you to know that these are white people. Okay. And and she and she played it and I was just like I can I don't know if the audio wasn't that great or what, but I was like not interested. Um and she she then shared with us <clears throat> this is a confession time. It was the bootleg copy. Oh, I so I saw the original cast through someone else's Interesting. <laughs> and it was really good quality. And they even had a moment where they put they put the camera down, put down, because it was like something's happening. And then they came back up. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So so that is when I fell in like with the play was actually seeing it. Then I wanted to get into the music, and here I am. Yeah. For me, several of us we were going up to New York to for our work. We were interviewing and recruiting interns for a summer. Uh, eight-week thing that we were we were doing and and through a friend of a friend uh, at the at the what what's the Rogers theater I think is in New York where it's at he it was the head audio engineer for for the show and so a um, couple emails back and forth and he said that he might be able to get us tickets in but it's kind of like you had to wait till 24 hours before. So so we were like super excited, but not really even sure. So I just started downloading music, listening to music. Um, Are you saying like music in general or? Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> I just started downloading some music. And it was amazing <laughs> and, and started reading, you know, uh, what I could to kind of get caught up on the whole story. Because yeah. I think that's partly what's so fascinating about Alexander Hamilton is most of us don't grow up hearing much about him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sort of the forgotten, you know, one of the forgotten fathers that sort of is pushed to the side. And so we got to go up there, and before we flew out, we got an email notification saying 
that we had two tickets that we could use. Um, and so we went up and it's just ridiculous. And you've seen it too. It's just mind blowing. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw it lot. So here's the other thing too. It was really precious. My roommate's younger sister, she was like, I will only show you this bootleg version if you agree that if it becomes available in your city or you're like able to watch it legit, that you will. Okay. So you have to make that commitment. Yeah, yeah. And so we made that commitment, and I did. There you go. So you justified it. I did. Yeah. <laughs> you got to justify when you're doing yeah. shady stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, so a couple interesting things in terms of, we were talking about this earlier. Are you going to give us like fun facts? Fun facts. Fun facts. So Here they are. <laughs> because of its hip-hop writing and, and singing style, the word count of the play is through the roof. So mm -hmm. for instance, um, Oklahoma, 4,300 or so words in the whole play. Phantom of the Opera, 4,700, you know, roughly. So we're talking about the 4,000s. Mm -hmm. Hamilton, 20,520 <laughs> words. That's five times the word count. It's like Six women, times. It's like women to men. It's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> yeah. Even the word count per minute averages around 144 per minute. And then wait, 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 wait! You can't, you can't end then that. 144 what? Words per minute. Per minute, 60 seconds, 144 words. Yeah, but it's even crazier than that because the song that for some it's one of their favorites, Guns and Ships. Uh, clocks in at 6.3 words per second. Can you do that? Can Can you do that? I want you to try. I, no, I want do you it. to try. Do it. <laughs> I think it's, this is your moment. No, I'm sure I cannot do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so crazy. Just They just blew the charts in, yeah. on so many levels. What's your favorite song? Satisfied. Really? Yeah. Why? Oh, you didn't see that it's coming. It's not on my list. <laughs> What, 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 like, how, why do you connect Oh, this man. Um, Angelica's vocals? Oh, yeah, for sure. What? Like, because mm, the intricacies of the song that happens, um, the, not like, you don't have to necessarily see it, but the fact that, you know, you're going in reverse, you're going back in time, you're replaying certain pieces. Um, and, it, like, ugh, I don't know if y'all, like, if you do watch it, you will see the vein popping out. Like, she is going for it on yeah. this song. She's rapping. She's singing. Like, ah, it's yeah. it's too good. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's one of the things that that the reason people love theater so much, especially live theater, is when you can see veins, <laughs> when you can see like uh, King George spit, spitting. <laughs> like, I mean, it's one of the things that I was in awe of was was just literally seeing. Fortunately, I wasn't in in the front row because it, it was spray. There was constant spray <laughs> before COVID. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man. And it's just so cool that mm. it requires such a high level of commitment. Yeah. Um, it's very vulnerable, mm. and I think that's what makes live theater so good. Amazing. Amazing. So, wait, what's your favorite song? <sighs> what? I love Right Hand Man. Okay, okay, okay. Love, I just love uh, George Washington's introduction. He is, he's brilliant. It's so good. And his voice is 
Well, in the way that song ends, it, it kind of builds, builds, builds. Do you want to sing the ending? He, I can't even remember. <laughs> right. and, and he kind of comes up front and center, and he takes out his sword, and it ends in this big, like, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, so for those that don't know the story. Sad. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> Sad. Kind of, Sad. It's okay. You know, yeah. there's time. Uh, is it even still he's, available? He's kinder. You can watch on it Disney. on Disney. On Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Right, so definitely check it out. You get to watch the original cast uh, do an amazing job with their performance. Uh, so, Alexander Hamilton, he grows up in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Do you want to sing that part? <laughs> I'm just going to keep looking at you to sing certain sections. We're just going to keep asking each other, and then something's going to happen. Yeah, where yeah. we both break into song right, together. Right. Yeah. So, so, he's in the Caribbean. He is from St. Croix and it's it's a, a, a small island, a hurricane, like one of those record one in a hundred years kind of I'm trying not to sing now. Comes through. <laughs> a hurricane came. Yeah, mm-hmm, it's good. <laughs> totally wipes out the island. It's so powerful. Uh, even historically, there's incredible descriptions of how violent that storm was. And then in the midst of all of that, uh, Hamilton writes for a local newspaper this incredible piece describing what happened. And from there, like, do you want to sing it? They took a collection. <laughs> Go ahead. They take a collection. And I'm, I'm just, I'm visually imagining this. It's so cool. The yeah. town is <laughs> singing it. No, thank you. So the, the town is. It's not karaoke. They're so blown away by Hamilton's ability to write and describe very beautifully and poetically the violence of what they had just experienced that they're like we gotta send this guy to the mainland go ahead sing Um, and so they literally like take up money from each other and just took up a collection just to send him to the mainland exactly forget your education send him (laughs) off and so without going into a whole lot more detail you gotta watch the whole thing but that's kind of how his life starts at least listen to the first song. Listen to the first It'll song. It'll tell you a good deal. Did you know that Lin-Manuel, who, for those who don't know, was, was the writer, director, uh, he Star. actually... <laughs> yeah, was in the original cast, played Alexander Hamilton. He was reading this book on his honeymoon, I think. Um, he was on some. On vacation. Some, some kind of vacation and where you don't read right. that. <laughs> Did you know that it took him a year to write just the first song? And it know. took another year just to write the second song. Isn't that crazy? I did not know that. I kept thinking, like, how often do I feel like I've got a good idea <laughs> and I've got to make this idea happen in 48 hours? And it took That's him crazy. two years just to write the first two songs. So what's also interesting about that is the first time I... Wait, was it the first time? I don't know. Whatever. I actually I saw him sing the first song by himself to the Obamas. That was amazing. You can you Google that. that. Yeah. yeah, you can. You can Google that. <laughs> it's and, on the YouTube. And I don't know who, there's like a friend of his who's on yeah. the piano. Yeah. It's so powerful. Yeah. I don't even know that he had the whole song finished. Did he? I think so. But it, it didn't have all the intricacies in yeah, there. Yeah, And I actually, <laughs> so I was like, I actually was using it as inspiration because I was like, I'm going to do this song for karaoke. But it's like, however many different people are doing this song. Anyway, but but to watch him do it, I was like, I I could do it. It's terribly hard. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Yeah. Very talented. I can be multiple people, though. So. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, if if you are into theater or not, In the Heights, he mm, also... Which is coming out. Yeah. Yeah, um, the movie. In, in movie, yeah. Form. In the theater. The theater, as Which they say. people haven't been going to, but I have. I went. Totally. Yeah. Good for you. You can do it. All right. <laughs> okay, but Hamilton's also not without controversy. Mm-hmm. Anytime we we pull a piece of history, well, a story from that time in history, it's it's complex, it's complicated. Lin Manuel took some heat, took some criticism, yeah, because in some ways people felt like he was glossing over um, certain issues, slavery, especially mm-hmm. immigration, um, also. So, also, even um, the price of tickets to see this film, which is like predominantly hip hop. And thinking about like who can't see it, not the film, but the play, right? Like it's right. like these tickets are like six hundred, nine hundred dollars, um, and even that was controversial too. Definitely, mm. definitely. So a couple of the things that that we had been talking about as it relates to him is, you know, Hamilton was not someone who, like all those people that we sometimes idolize or we create them as these these heroes of of a time period where you know they own slaves mm-hmm. um, not just Hamilton but Jefferson Washington and so the play doesn't necessarily tackle that as a topic as mm-hmm. strongly as some felt could have mm-hmm. or should have yeah. um, so that's that's hard you know because obviously in this time period we we want those issues to come out to the forefront. Mm. Um, so I think it's interesting. Lin Manuel, he's he's open to that criticism. Just kind of researching, he he acknowledges that, mm. that it was not possible to to either tackle it because of the volume, or in a lot of cases, what I've heard him say and others is it wasn't intended to be the the be all end all. Right. It's not. Um, his, it's not his real autobiography. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, for people like me who knew nothing really of Hamilton, now it it pulled me in. Mm. And so topics like immigration or slavery. So now you want to know more. Yeah. Yeah. And so hopefully for a lot of people it did that. Yeah. I think that's like the difference between the book and the movie, right? Like people are like, um, the book was way better and it had more detail. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how long did it take you to read the book? Right, and then how long do they have to tell you this story in a movie? Thank you. That's my argument for all book movie. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> well, and I think for me, what what his his life story does, but especially because of the emotion and the passion in the theatrical piece, is and this is just credit to Lin Manuel's writing. It really pulls you into just the human experience in general. Mm. Um, Hamilton, you know, he's an immigrant who comes to the U.S. He's trying to make a name for himself. He he ends up in the circle of, of President Washington. Mm-hmm. And in so many ways, he's, he's, he's battling for um, going from a nobody in St. Croix to trying to establish himself in in a new country. But then even some of the crazy things like um, 
you know, the fact that his son was killed, Philip was killed mm. in a duel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I, as I understand it, not far from from the same spot where Philip died in a mm-hmm. duel is where Hamilton. Aaron Burr shot Hamilton. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know where that happened, right? Jersey. <laughs> so... Wow the shade! Yeah, your wow the needs shade! To own up to a it's okay bit of- because there's things that will happen off camera, and he will repent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just want Jersey people to know, like I'm not slipping. Just, he will repent later. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me read this quote from from Lin Manuel on choosing the cast. Okay. Because I think you you and I have talked about this for a couple years now. Just the the amazing mosaic of cast members mm-hmm. you know that that he pulled from and uh, this is what he said uh, in the New York Times in an article he, uh, Lin-Manuel said this is a story about America then told by America now and we want to eliminate any distance our story should look the way our country looks uh, then we found the best people to embody these parts. I think it's a very powerful statement without having to be a statement. Mm. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think a lot of things. <laughs> um, one of which is is the difference between diversity and inclusion, right? Um, so when we talk about diversity, right, like you could you could just have, like you could do this play, you could have done it as an opera, Right, you could do this play, you could have done it, um, and, you know, in just various genres, right? But to do this play with so much hip hop, R&B, jazz, um, just all these beautiful pieces, um, and to do it with various people, you have to be inclusive about that. You have to include them in this, in this way to tell the story, to tell the story through rap, to tell the story through R&B is like, that's the part that was like deeply innovative um, and and super engaging, and you're telling the story of white people. This is, this is white people's story, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like, it it we're saying it's our story and everything like that. Um, but it's a story that the cast, if if it was picked based off of who these people really are, it would just be white people, and you wear wigs and you do your thing. Um, but to have it intentionally be diverse and inclusive, um, I, I it gives depth and layers to the story. Um, that would not have been had you had an all-white cast. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, it's it's the the argument that I that I get when when I talk to people about inclusivity um, and diversity and things of that nature is a lot of people just pushing back of like, well, why can't a white person do it? Why can't a white person do it? And what you're what you're showing and telling is that of like you don't value what can happen when you include and diversify who's around you. Like if you think about if you have friend groups that are diverse um, and you were even intentional about that, there's a difference between that and you just happening to be in a homogenous friend group, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's it's deeply powerful, um, that element of, of storytelling. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's that's part of what draws for me. It's what really drew me in mm-hmm. was. Um, it was it was to Lin Manuel's point. You look at it, and and at first glance, you obviously are thinking, okay, this isn't how that those original people. To your point, they're all they were all white, mm-hmm. but then 
it, it sort of grabs you in a way that reminds you it's the America we are working for and mm. towards, which is an inclusive, not just diverse. Um, in fact, that's one of the things I've really enjoyed about about studying diversity and inclusion is for a long time, what companies have strived for is is that their staff was very diverse. Mm -hmm. And that's an easy box to check off. Right. You know, you can create hiring policies and and create certain guidelines in, in your company to make sure when you take a company photo at Christmas, mm -hmm. it looks like there's more color than just white people. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if it's only diverse without there there being a sense of inclusion like we need you we need you yeah. we need your voice we right. need your perspective you're right. not just uh something that that gives us a bragging point that that we have um more than just all white staff and so that's where the real work has to take place is how are we making sure whether it's in our circle of friendships, like you were saying before, or it's in the companies that we work in, that we we aren't just checking boxes off, mm -hmm. but we're saying your unique upbringing, your unique background, mm -hmm. uh, the perspective, your identity, right. your ethnic richness, right. it's gonna help us make better decisions as right. a company. And yeah. so um, that's, that's the hard work that I think we still have a long way to go. Yeah, you have you have to look around, right? It's a, it's the same argument um, from man to woman, right? Like if you're like, well, a man could do this job. A man could you if you keep saying that, um, then you ne you'll negate the woman, right? Like what does a woman bring? What's the value? Like all those kind of things. And so I think it's important if you because sometimes you just don't see it, right? You're just kind of like in your own whatever like the fact that there was women's history month and i had um my mentee this young lady she's like well what where's men's history month and i was like girl that's every month <laughs> you know kind of a thing it's the same thing where i hear like people are like well why isn't there white entertainment television i'm like that that's that's entertainment television like period right so that's why you have these um places and spaces where people are like we want to be a part of telling stories too um and, and so, yeah, so, it, so it's beautiful if you can look around and see who's not in the room, whose voice is missing, and invite them, like authentically invite them, and not just to check, but to actually be like, be here with us and let's do this together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think to me that the key word that you, you said is intentionality. Mm. Um, you know, even, even with the topic of diversity and inclusion, you really have to build in practices that um, that that create a culture where people's voices can be heard. So, for instance, some of the stuff that that I really appreciated from some of the studies that I I did just for a short time with with Cornell University was the fact that you have to recognize, for instance, that when you're having, let's just say, a staff meeting, there's there's a pecking order that is subversive sometimes. Mm. But, um, you know, if there's women in the room, you wanna be sure that they are heard in a culture where often they feel like 
they need to be silent or or even even mm. even if you just remove the male female dilemma right. the mm. tension there it also can have to do with titles um, tenure mm. it's easy for people who are white and in a position of power and maybe have been there longer mm. to dominate the conversation mm -hmm. uh, be the first one to talk and and so you've you, never experienced this before right? never right. I've never even yeah. done this before right. no <laughs> so so it takes intentionality though you literally have to relearn okay if I value diversity and I value inclusion then it means at this staff meeting I am going to initiate like I want you to speak first and I want you to speak and and I'll be the last to speak mm -hmm. um, and, and how do you and how do you do that in a way that doesn't come off as like white savior yeah I mean I think I think it has to come from a genuine place from your heart. I know that sounds very touchy feely, mm -hmm. but I think it, it, it is there. It can't just be academic. It, right. You can't walk in with a a little sticky note right. that says, Hey, the right thing is for me to <laughs> call on Jay first right. and then call on this person mm -hmm. second. And as soon as I've given them enough time then um, I'm in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to really want to be impacted by those. Right. And you have to have an open hand to how it, the decision might change. Right. So it's so it's listening to listen, not listening to speak. Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah. Which mm. is hard. We all mm. want to be heard. Right. Um, but that's some of the hard work that we can learn from, from Lin-Manuel and from <laughs> yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think we did all right. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> we should do this again, though. Yeah, we're gonna do it again. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll cover the second half of Hamilton next time. <laughs> hey, thanks, friends, for coming and listening and watching whatever device or platform you're checking this out on. It means mm. a lot to us to have this conversation together. That's what this is yeah. all about: is how can we listen, how can we learn, and how can we continue these conversations even in the coming weeks. So. Hope you found a little handle, a little takeaway. Go listen, down, download Hamilton. Yes. <laughs> and listen to it, memorize it. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank you.